Uh, good morning, everyone. How are we doing? Doing good? It's good to see uh, some smiles on your faces, even though it's, it's dreary outside. Um, it's good to be uh, together. And uh, we, we want you to know this morning, and I know sometimes we, we say this a lot, but we really mean it. We love having you here. We love having every single one of you here, whether it's your first time or it's your hundredth time. We, we love having you here. It's, it's good to, to worship together, and uh, we do really pray that you experience God in a real and powerful way uh, today, no matter where you're at. It's, it's our prayer that City Branch uh, would be a place that you can come and be real and be yourself and feel at home. And no matter what kind of week you've had, you can come here and just take uh, a breath of fresh air and just uh, take a deep breath and, and enjoy being in the presence of others and in God's presence, uh, most importantly. So we're, we're people that are on this journey and we're people that are on a journey of learning what it means to follow Jesus and how we can best live that out. And so at the same time that Jesus accepts us and welcomes us here every Sunday, just as we are, uh, he wants to do, I really believe that he wants to do a work in our hearts today. He doesn't want to just give you a few new ideas or a nice little inspirational message uh, today. God wants to change something in our hearts and he wants to challenge us in some new ways today. And he wants us to be connected to him and to know him and maybe for the first time, um, it, all of us in a deeper way. Uh, at church, we, we celebrate many different important days uh, in the life of Jesus and, and in the church throughout the centuries uh, because it's important that as we're following Jesus, we reflect on those, those traditions that the church has and we reflect on the things that Jesus did, the things that Jesus said. And Laura mentioned it in our children's message today, but today is Palm Sunday. It's a week before Easter, and if you're not too familiar uh, with that, We've got some palms up here, and I was a little disappointed this year. I think they're more like palm twigs, so we just put a whole bunch of them out. So you can put a whole bunch of them together uh, and take those home with you. But uh, today is Palm Sunday, and uh, it's always a week before Easter, and it's a Sunday when we celebrate the story of Jesus coming in uh, to Jerusalem for the final week of his life. And the reason it's called Palm Sunday is that the people that welcomed him in believed that he was truly the king of the Jews, and the one who would take over and rule and kick out the Roman government. And, uh, and so they waved palm branches, and they even laid them down. They formed formed a path, they formed a bed for Jesus to come on as he entered the city. And I remember being really, really excited for Palm Sunday when I was little because being an eight-year-old boy, anything turns into a weapon. And so my brother and I would take palm branches and we would sword fight with them. And that was my favorite part about, about Palm Sunday. But it's much more than that. Palm Sunday is much more uh, than that. And, uh, and when, it, when, it, when it turns out the coming king on Palm Sunday was not what the people expected, that Jesus rode into town on a donkey, on palms, not as a great military king, but came in in the most humblest of ways. And always, as always, Jesus is not fitting the expectations of the people. He came in instead as a servant king. So he was welcomed in as a king on Palm Sunday, and we remember that today, as well as the celebration of what is known as Holy Week, as we're entering in that week, which we call Holy Week now, which includes Monday, Thursday, uh, coming up on Thursday. And that's when we remember uh, the, the time when Jesus uh, spent with his disciples and the Lord's Supper, and which we will do later on today. And we move into Good Friday as we remember the crucifixion of Jesus. And finally, it all culminates with Easter Sunday, uh, next Sunday, as we celebrate the resurrection. And the timing of Holy Week actually fits in really well with the year of the Bible. And if you're unfamiliar with that, we're going through the Bible this year as hope. We're reading, uh, reading through the scriptures. We started in the Old Testament, and, and we're going through the Gospels, and now we're in the Gospel of John. And so it's not too late to jump right in uh, with that today. And so today, as, as Norma read for us, we're in the 15th chapter of John. So if you've got your Bible, go ahead and open, um, open up to that today. 
And, and we're, we're getting towards the end of Jesus' ministry on earth, and, and we're close to Palm Sunday. And we're in his final days. And so if you'd open to John 15, we're actually going to look um, at a few chapters before Jesus comes in on Palm Sunday. And I, I believe this is an important text uh, for us today. And what, what we find um, in our scripture for today is that it, just in many of Jesus' teachings is that he's explaining to us this spiritual truth about being connected to God, but he's using really simple things that, that are all around us that we can see to help us understand. And so if you've got John uh, chapter 15, verse 1, if you're, if you're there, say, I am there. I am there. Awesome. So let's look at verse 1. You can imagine the scene with me. Don't just read it, but put yourself in the story. Imagine the scene with me. Jesus is walking with his disciples. He's been with them for almost three years now. He's taught them everything that he knows. He's got a few final commands, a few final words for them. And they're, they're walking along the road, and, and, and maybe they're passing a garden or a grove of trees, and Jesus comes upon the tree, and he says, Okay, so you see this tree, and you see the branches. And just like you see, I, I am the true vine, and you are the branches. And just like these trees have, have grown, that, that you're going to grow when you experience life, when you experience the true vine. You're going to experience life when you're connected to me. It's about being connected. It's about being in relationship with me. And when you are, you're naturally going to produce fruit. You're naturally going to produce fruit. You're going to receive and you're going to bring life to others the way that you were created for. And so the question for us today is, are you connected? Are you connected? We're connected in in so many ways today. But the real question is, are you connected? Are you connected with the source of life? We live in a world that is connected in so many different ways with Facebook and Twitter and cell phones and email 24-7. We're connected. But are you really connected? Are you connected to life? Are you connected to life the way that it was meant to be? How's your connection with the... I'm really sorry. Sorry about this. Hello? Who's this? John, what are you doing? Why are you calling me? You didn't want to interrupt by coming up, so you thought you'd just call me on my cell phone. I'm talking, yeah, that's true. I'm talking about getting connected, but actually I'm talking about how to be connected to God. We're talking about the vine and the branches today. So it's maybe not, maybe not that kind of connection. I'm kind of busy. There's some people waiting. There's some people waiting on me right now. So can I maybe call you back? Would that be okay? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we can talk later. Is that okay? Okay. Thanks, John. Thanks for calling. Okay. We'll see you. Bye. I apologize for that. I always... I don't know why that happened. I always turn off my cell phone. If you have one, turn it off right now. I'm turning, I'm turning my off. That doesn't happen again. Has that ever happened to you? You've been in public and your cell phone rings and you're just like, you're, it's always at the bottom of your purse, you know, or your bag and you can't get it off and it's like Scooby-Doo theme song or something like that. You're so embarrassed. But it's amazing how connected we are, isn't it? It's amazing how connected we are. Your cell phone can go off at any time. How many of you have a cell phone on right now? Just pull it out. Just hold up your cell phone like this. Some of you are like, no, I don't. I don't bring my cell phone to church. That's okay. That's good. It's okay to bring your cell phone to church as long as it's off and it doesn't ring in the middle of the pastor's sermon. Um, it's amazing how connected we are. And if you flip through your cell phone that you have today, you are connected to so many people. 
It's not only your connection to friends and family, it's your lifeline. It's your emergency. And when you think about it, we've gotten to the point with cell phones and almost to the point of email, those of you that have that um, on, on your phone as well, we wouldn't even think about going anywhere without it, would you? You would never go driving somewhere. You'd never go on a trip. You, you wouldn't even think about going anywhere without it because it's so important to have that constant connection. How's your connection to the vine of Jesus today? Do you really sense that you have a constant connection with a source of life? That he's, do you really believe that he's with you wherever you go? That he's really accessible, just as accessible as those contacts are in your phone? Maybe you are connected and your faith is there and you believe and you know all the right answers, but today you're thinking, you know what? I, I want more of that. Maybe you're thinking, there, there's, there's got to be more than what I'm experiencing right now. I want more of that connection. Or maybe you've just become complacent. And yet, that connection to God has just kind of become a plateau. And you're just kind of feeling like, ah, just going through the motions. I'm not really feeling that strong connection. Well, no matter where you're at today, Jesus wants to be that source of life for you. No matter how disconnected you might feel in a spiritual sense to him, he wants to be connected to you. And he also wants you to grow. He also wants you to grow and be more like him today than you were yesterday and be more like him tomorrow than you were today. And in the church, we call that discipleship. We're following Jesus and, and, and learning to be more like him. We're, we're growing in our ability to be like Jesus. Essentially, our passage today from John 15 is saying that when you're connected to Jesus, when you have that connection to him, it produces growth because you're constantly maturing and his life is flowing through you, just like a life from a vine flows into a branch. That's why we exist. That's why we exist as followers of Jesus. That's why City Branch exists. That's why we're here, to invite people to be connected to the vine, to be connected to Jesus, and then to remain in him and to follow him. That's what every, every time we gather here on Sundays, every worship service, every small group, every outreach project that we do, everything we do is to help people become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. That's why we're here. That's what Jesus is talking about today, about being connected. We're moving towards maturity because the life of Jesus is always flowing through us. And that's God's desire for every single one of us today. And in John 15, Jesus says, here's how you're going to do that. This is my desire for you, that you would be my disciples, that you would bear fruit, that you would, that you would show that you're my disciples. And here's how you do that. Remain in me. Stay connected to me. And I'm guessing that, that a lot of you have maybe heard messages like this before that, that tell you, yo, you need to grow. You need to be growing. You need, and maybe sometimes you've interpreted it as, well, you need to be a better person. You need to get your act together. You need to be a better Christian. And you've probably heard lots of different ideas about what it means to grow and what it means to be connected. And so what I want to do today is just attack and, and go right into some of those myths and some of maybe some of those misunderstandings that people have about what it means to grow about what it means to be connected. And we're going to see how Jesus' words to us in John 15 speak right into that. And maybe we can kind of debunk some of those myths that we've uh, caught along the way. And so the first thing that I want to talk about, the first thing that we're often led to believe is that Christianity is a one-time experience. It's a one-time experience. That once, once you know Jesus, that, that you're pretty much set. And that's all there is to it. And you go to church once in a while because... Um, that's just kind of what we do. That's what you're supposed to do. And maybe you, you read your Bible a little bit, but there's really nothing else to it. 
Now, don't get me wrong. God desires that we all come to that place where we put our trust and our belief in him. And for some of you, I'm sure many of you, there, there is a moment that you can point to in your life where you say, that's when I got connected to the vine. That's when I got connected to Jesus. That was a, that was a, a pivotal moment, a defining moment in my journey with God. And for others of you, maybe it's just been more of a journey. It's been a a slow progression to where you're feeling more and more connected every day. But here's the thing. Far too many journeys end with the first step. We forget that, that, that Christianity is far beyond just religion or a statement of beliefs, but it's a movement and it's a lifelong journey and it produces lifelong change. You never stop learning. You never stop growing. You're always changing. You're new every single day. Second Corinthians uh, in chapter five speaks to this. And we're going to throw that up on the screen. Let's, let's read this together. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. In other words, when you're connected with Jesus, you're not going to be the same as you were before. And that process, when you come to that, that point of belief and you say, Jesus, I'm going to put my faith and I'm going to put my trust in you, that's just the first step of a long, lifelong journey where we're continually bending our lives around Jesus and shaping our lives around who he is. He's continually changing us. Lutheran Church of Hope has a mission and a vision and it has core values. It has things that, that, that we hold out in front of us that say, we can get distracted by lots of different things. There's lots of different things we could focus on, but these are the things that we're going to focus on. And one of those things is that following Jesus is a growing experience. That's one of our core values of Lutheran Church of Hope. Following Jesus is a growing experience. In other words, you're never going to arrive as a Christian this side of heaven. In, in other words, there's no, there's no hall of fame that you can be in when you're, when you're alive and you just sit back and say, ah, I've arrived. I made it. I'm in the hall of fame. There's a a statue of me. For those of us that are still in the game, for those of us that are still here on this earth, there's no hall of fame. You're never going to arrive. You're always growing. You're always changing. You're always in process. Uh, Maybe you've seen this circle before. And this is what's called the hope circle. And basically what it is, we're not inventing anything new. Basically we're just painting a picture of what we hope this journey with Christ looks like. This lifelong learning journey looks like. And you'll notice that it's a circle. And you'll notice that it just keeps going and going and going. It doesn't stop. It's not a ladder where you climb up and you reach the top and then you've arrived. It's a circle. There's there's no hoops to jump through. It's not about attaining something that's higher and higher and higher and you achieve this higher status. It's just a picture of what happens when you're connected to the vine. It's a picture of what happens when you're connected to Jesus, when he's living inside of you and changing you. And maybe you've never thought about it this way before. Maybe you just thought, well, we're just kind of all the same and we're just here and I'll just kind of float through and I'll pick up some things here and I'll be involved in a few different things. And maybe there's no purpose. Maybe there's no direction for your life as a follower of Christ. And so no matter where you find yourself, if, if you're still kind of exploring that today and you consider yourself, I'm just kind of seeking it out. I'm a seeker. I, I, I haven't really bought into the whole thing. Or maybe, maybe you have and you've accepted it and you're a believer and you're just learning what that looks like. Or maybe you're a follower, and maybe you've kind of come to that point where you're realizing, man, this is way beyond just Sundays. This is about a relationship. This is about learning how to, how to have the life of Jesus flow through me seven days a week. Or maybe you found the joy of what it looks like to be a servant leader like Christ. But no matter what, what point on this journey, this continual journey that you're on today, we never lose our need to be connected to the vine. 
No matter how many times you move around, no matter, no matter where you are, as you grow in your maturity in Christ, we never lose our need to be connected to the vine. And so what's the, ne- the question for you is, what's the next step that Jesus is calling you into today? Not by your own ability. But what's the next step that Jesus is moving you into? Maybe today is a time to just stop and ask the difficult questions. What's getting in the way of you experiencing the life of Jesus in a deeper way? What's, what's getting in the way of that? Is, 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 it, is it maybe that you're, you just need to take that step of faith for the first time? Maybe for you, it's, it's moving from being just a spectator to getting in the game and being a participant. Maybe it's to, to start looking beyond just your needs and start looking to the, to the needs of others and being a servant leader and asking those questions. Who can I love today? Who can I serve today? Who can I bless today? Maybe it's moving forward. Maybe you've had one of those mountaintop experiences and maybe it's saying, okay, I've had that. Now what am I going to do? What's the next step for me? Life in the vine is a growing experience. Which leads us to our second myth or kind of misunderstanding that I believe that a lot of us have about Christian growth. And that's that spiritual growth is all about us. It's all, all about everything that we can do. And, and uh, it's this idea that out of our own ability, out of our own strength, out of our own determination and work, we can create the change we long for. That we can sort of pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and we can fix it. We can do it. On our own. But look what Jesus says in verse 4. If you still got your passage open there, chapter 15, verse 4. Jesus says, No branch can bear fruit by itself, it must remain in the vine. And again in verse 5, look what he says. Apart from me, Jesus says, You can do nothing. Soak that in for a second. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And so you, you get the feeling that this isn't just a nice little suggestion from jesus today this is a command this is something that jesus says is absolutely essential apart from me you can you can do nothing jesus saying there's no way that you can grow there's no way that you can change there's no way you can produce that fruit on your own ability but somehow we've gotten this idea that that if i just try hard enough that i'm going to see that growth and that change in my life that i'm looking for and i i just have this feeling today and i don't know about you but maybe you have this feeling that you've just been running on a treadmill lately. And that everything that you're trying to do for God and, and all the ways that you're trying to serve Him and all the ways that you're trying to go, you've just, you're just constantly trying to be better and better and better. If I can just fix this one area of my life, then I'll feel okay. And it just feels like you're running on this treadmill. And there's always one more thing. I just, I'm, just, I'm just trying to be a better person. I'm trying to be a better parent. I'm trying to be a better student. I'm trying to be a better spouse. And it gets exhausting, doesn't it? We can't do it on our own. It can be really disheartening. And maybe you're feeling that, that way today. And, 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 and maybe you're saying, you know what? This is not what I signed up for. I had that, that experience of faith. And I put my, my faith and my trust in Jesus. And now I've been following him. And, and there's things he wants to change in my life. But there's this, there's this old self that wars against that. And I'm trying to change. I'm trying to be somebody new. But I just can't do it. I can't do it on my own ability, even no matter how hard I try. And you ask yourself, isn't there got to be something more than just trying harder? And there is. And that's where grace can become so real for us. Jesus comes and he meets you right where you're at today. And he says, it's my ability, not yours. It's my 
working in you, not yours. No amount of good works or trying harder is going to bring you the life that you need. It's my strength that's made perfect in your weakness. Jesus says, I want to be connected to you because that's when he starts to change us from the inside out. And we produce fruit that lasts. That's what Jesus says. It's not about running faster and faster and trying harder on the treadmill to be better and better. But life change happens when Jesus changes us from the inside out. And he starts to to form and, and, and shape us. And we start to become a different kind of person. Just stay connected to me, Jesus says. And so it's about a constant connection to Jesus, but... But we also can't grow on our own without Christ, but we also can't grow on our own without others. And we need those people around us in our lives that are going to pour life into us as well. Jesus can pour life into other people, and they pour that into you. It's called community. It's called Christian community, when the life of Jesus flows into others, and you immerse yourself in that, and we all need that. And so the question is, it doesn't matter what that looks like, but do you have those people in your life? Do you have a small group? Do you have people in your life that are going to challenge you to take that next step in the circle? Do you have people in your life that are going to pick you up when you fall down? And we all have friends. But do you just have some good friends? Or do you have people that are committed to you? Do you have people in your life that are committed to you becoming a fully devoted follower of Christ? Do you have people in your life that are constantly going to be pointing you back to him? constantly pointing you back to the vine. We can't do it on our own. And finally, I believe there's this myth, this misunderstanding that we believe that busyness automatically equals growth. If I just fill up my schedule with lots of spiritual things, if I just get in eight Bible studies, if if I have lots of ministry meetings and I'm involved in every service project and I read a new Christian book every week, then I must be growing, right? that I must be moving on to maturity. The truth is, your activities and your ministries and your busyness can be a mile wide, but your growth and your maturity in Christ can still be just an inch deep. It can be a mile wide with lots of things going on, but underneath the surface where it really matters, it can only be an inch deep. And don't get me wrong, we want you to be involved. We want you to be active. But the danger is, is when we start bouncing from activity and activity to class to class, but we never slow down enough to ask ourselves the tough questions. To really listen to our hearts and to see what God is doing around us. To simply be connected to the vine and the life that Jesus wants to pour into you. It's important for us to give. It's important for us to pour out that life into other people. But who's pouring in to you? Do you take the time to slow down for you yourself to be poured into? What are the few things that you're going to do really well in your life and run your roots deep and run your roots deep into those relationships? And this is a challenge for us. This is a challenge for myself as well because there's a lot of incredible opportunities for you to be involved in, um, especially at Hope. And there's lots of ways for you to be active. But the question is, do your roots run deep? Beneath all of our activity, there can, be, there can still be a lot of pain. There can still be a lot of loneliness and fear and, and unresolved issues. Maybe there's areas of our hearts that we're just saying, I don't want that to be connected to Jesus. I, I don't want him to mess with that area of my life. But do your roots run deep? Or are you just going through the motions today of doing church? 
Are you connected to Jesus below the surface where it really matters? Do you really know him today? Do you know the one that you're serving? It's God's desire for us as his people. It's God's desire for us as a church. And that's my prayer for us as a church, that we wouldn't just be a mile wide and an inch deep, that we would grow our roots deep because we know where we're going. We know what all of this is for, and it's for every single one of us to become fully devoted followers of Christ. And finally, the most incredible thing for us this morning is that right in the middle of, of maybe you have some of those myths that you're believing. Maybe you've been living in some of those misunderstandings. And the most incredible thing is that Jesus comes right into the middle of it. Right into the middle of all those misunderstandings you have. And Jesus says to you, just like he said to the disciples in John 15, I choose you. I choose you. This is not about you. This is about me. And you finding life in me. This message is for you. He's talking to you. When I was growing up, I loved playing all kinds of sports when I was really little in the backyard and with all of my friends around town. And, but for a while, the only games that I could find were with my older brother's friends, so you could see how cool I was. And uh, they were, of course, bigger and stronger and faster and better at sports uh, than I was, so I always ended up just kind of being the little brother that would take along in the back of the group, and they're this tall, and I'm this tall, and I'm just trying to be cool and trying to hang out and act like I have it all together, but... In fact, I'm just the little brother that nobody wanted. And so I just kind of take along. And once in a while, you know, when you're choosing teams, people would kind of pick the little guy just out of sympathy, you know, just so we didn't feel bad. But uh, now I'll be honest, for a little guy, I had some pretty good moves. I was, I was pretty good. And, and, and for, for a little eight-year-old guy, um, being, playing football at recess, like, I was pretty good with people my own age. But nobody really knew it. And so one day we were all over at a friend's house, and it's that dreaded time of picking teams. Do you remember that at recess? You remember that? For some of you, it's like, awesome, because you were the captain, and you were really good. And for others of you, you were always the last one picked. And of course, it's always the biggest and best and fastest guys that get to be captains, which for us meant that it was Big John Sanderson. Big John. And John was just this monster of a guy for a seventh grader, and definitely the best of the best. And not only did he show it on the field, but he looked the part because I really remember him having a mustache in seventh grade. So you can imagine just this ogre of a guy that he was. He's really intimidating. So we're picking teams. And so John's on one side and the other captain's on the other side. And Matt Captain makes his first pick. And everybody's just kind of holding their breath because they really, really, really want to be on big John's team. And so everybody's just kind of holding their breath. And all of a sudden, big John says, Anenson. Annenson. I'm in the back of the line. I have no idea what's going on. John, Annenson. I want him. Actually, he called me Little Annenson, but we just won't say that. <laughs> Little Annenson, I want him. John, get up here. And all the heads, like in unison, I swear, they just go <gasps> like that. And they look at me at the end of the line. And so I just kind of waddle my way up because I'm not really sure what's going on. I got my hands in my pockets and I'm like, me? You want me as my voice is kind of quivering? You sure? And of course, I, I, and, 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 and John just goes, Yes, I choose you. Now get over here and let's get on with it because I want to play football. And of course, I'm just shocked and I'm just stunned. Everybody's just kind of like, Okay, well, let's get on with the game. And nobody has any idea what's going on. And so we're lining up for the kickoff and I'm like, I need to figure out what's going on here. And so I got enough courage to walk over to Big John. 
I'm kind of looking up at him like that. And, and I say, uh, excuse me, sir, with the mustache, what made you pick me? What, what made you choose me today? And just kind of nonchalantly, no, no, nothing big, he just says, you know what, John? I've been watching you at recess lately. I've been doing some scouting of the younger grades, you know. I, I've been watching you at recess. And I think you're really good. I think, you've, I think you've got what it takes. I think you've got potential. And I'm like, okay, well, that's with, that's with guys that are like this short. And these guys are huge. And they're just going just gonna to run me over and, and just dig me right into the dirt. And John just says, you know what? Don't worry about it. You just stick close to me and you'll do great. You just stick right with me. I'll just be right in front of you all the time. You just stick with me and we'll give you the ball and you'll do great. You just stay connected to me. You just stick with me and it'll be great. Wherever you're at today, Jesus says, I choose you. I see you. I see you right where you're at, right where you are and you have what it takes and it's time to take the next step. It's time to move forward. It's time to go deeper. And as you hear this message today, there's some of you that might be saying, you know what? I just feel so disconnected. I don't even know where to start. And Jesus says, I choose you. And maybe there's some of you that are saying, you know what? I, I'm ready to take that first step today. I want to be connected to Jesus. And he says, it doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done or who you are. I choose you today. And still maybe some of you have just kind of settled for that plateau. You've settled for that mediocrity and in your life with Jesus is just kind of plateaued out. There's no real joy. There's no real peace. There's no real freedom. No really change or transformation occurring anymore. And still Jesus comes right into the middle of that and meets you right where you're at today and says, I choose you. Today is a new day. I choose you and I have so much more for you. I choose you. It's time to get in the game. Are you connected to the vine today? Can you hear Jesus call you out from the crowd today, from from the end of the line? He's calling you out today, and he calls you by name, and he says, I choose you. Don't worry, just stick with me. Stay connected to me. And you're going to find that life that you're looking for.